we update? Should we update the folks on our cats on our podcast? No. Like do an intro. I guess so. All right, welcome, Dad Bob. We're just <laughs> doing a really cheap. We're doing a quick and dirty, quick and dirty phone recording. Raw. That's what my mom says about cleaning the kitchen. Your mom says quick and dirty for like a quick clean. A quick and dirty. Quick and dirty. (laughs) Is it like a, is that like a phrase? I think it just, yeah, it's a phrase. That's a phrase. Anyways, yeah, we're here. We were listening to the last episode and the last, one of the last bands that Lily name checked was the Smiths. So now we're trying to live choose which album we're going to do. Sorry to our four and a half followers that we. We left our audio equipment in in LA. So we're kind of fucked. And but we're still going. Also, we're bad at being consistent. Hey, yeah, and but, deeply depressed. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, here we are. It's all right. We're here. We're here. We're making content again. Stinky wants some water. Oh, sorry, Stinky. Okay, so what are we doing? Uh okay. Do you know any of these songs? I know a handful of songs from each of these. Do you have any that you feel really strongly about? No. <sighs> Whatever we pick. Frankly, Mr. Shankly has to be on it. So we have to pick The Queen is Dead. <laughs> it was on at least one other one we looked at. There's The Queen is Dead, and then there's The Queen Oh, we is should Dead, do this one. This one feels promising. But I do, I absolutely love this song. And I love Girlfriend in a Coma, and, but I think you're right. The other one's better. So we're going to do is, The Queen is Dead. Should we give, can you give me a briefing the, on it? The Lux edition. The, um, we need a quick Wikipedia briefing. I'm going to need to take a quick uh, little glow goog search. Google Google search. The oh, beverage. He's, he's going to um, tip it over. I know. We had to unplug our cat's water fountain so that we could have semi-decent audio, and now he's about to tip it over. And we got to turn it on for a second so he can drink. Okay. Hold this while I do that. I'll give the synopsis of the Smiths. Um, Queen is Dead. It's the third studio album from English rock band The Smiths. <laughs> Um, English rock band, The Smiths? Yeah, the English rock band, The Smiths. Yeah, I moved it. You know where it went. Okay. In case the audience of 22 people that mostly know us doesn't know. We've got two cats. We've got two cats, and one of them's name is Sunday, but his name is... I think they've already been on episodes. They've been on episodes? Were they on the Beatles? Yeah. Okay, well, they're big now. They're one years old. They're huge. (sighs) Okay, so anyways, The Smiths is an artist starring Morrissey, who's a pile of shit. What's his full name? Paul Morrissey? Van Morrissey? That's Van Morrison. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Van Morrissey. I don't think it's Paul, is it? Paul feels right, but I don't know. Uh, it's always more fun. We don't prepare what whatsoever. I don't. Personnel. Personnel. Morrissey. Just Morrissey? Steven, Steven. Patrick. He's got my birthday. <laughs> Holy shit. Wow. That's crazy. He's a Taurus Gemini cusp, uh, cusp as well. Hell yeah. Well, that explains a lot. <laughs> you and Marcy have a lot in common. Okay. We both think meat is murder. Yeah. I still want to circle back for that. Meat is murder. Okay, anyway. Anywho. I don't know. There's not that much to talk about it. Who else is in The Smiths? Does anybody know? Yeah, you're on Wiki. But I don't think anybody knows who these people are. Uh, but I want to know. Johnny Marr, guitar. Andy Rourke bass guitar, and Mike Joyce drums. Can you dial Johnny Marr real quick? I just want to see He looks like anything a, else. He looks like a British dude. He does. He looks exactly like a fucking British dude. He looks like every British man. Every man. Who's what else? Him? Associated Acts? The Modest Mouse. Headshot Boys, Talking Heads. Oh, this guy's a legend. Jeez. Billie Eilish. 
So he's the killer. So this guy's like a session musician. So he's still hanging out. Voted fourth best guitarist of the last 30 years. Who are the third better ones? Wow. Jimi Hendrix? I don't know. Wait. They called, somebody called him a godlike genius? (laughs) Wait, this is what I want to know. Post Smith. So obviously, obviously the Smiths. He did a lot. Okay. Oh, wow. Spin called The Queen is Dead one of the greatest albums ever. Wow. Good thing we're going to use it. Good thing we're doing it. Okay, I'm not post, really... Post-Smiths. Oh, I thought here. I hit Post-Smiths, damn it. The Pretenders. Don't you remember the Pretenders? Yeah, I do. Didn't the Pretenders also have the guy from Red Hot Chili Peppers? Maybe. Let's see. I don't know any of those names. But we were just getting to the juicy stuff. So he is a huge session musician. Who knew? Yeah. Back, cool. like, okay, back, Talking Heads, Oasis, Billie Eilish somewhere. Oh, he's got a band. This is crazy. And he's in Modest Mouse. So this guy is actually... Oh, he's a producer. This guy is the king, and Morrissey is ass. Oh, my God. Through the nose? Yeah, Morrissey's ass. But he's funny, though. Yeah. All right. So should we we go on? I guess, wait, Google and then dial Queen is Dead, the album. I just want to get a really basic intro. Did you already say the album intro and I missed it? Yeah, it was um, an album. Uh Uh-huh. Really popular. What year? Third studio album, released June 1986. Okay. Spent 22 weeks in the UK albums chart, peaking at number two. Okay. And uh, we can look at the Pitchfork album review. Do you think they gave it five stars? Maybe, but wait, don't look at it. I don't want to look at it. I don't want to get sullied. Anyways. Okay, so that's pretty good. Quick and dirty, Smith's intro. So should we listen to The Queen is Dead? Title album? Title track? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Okay, wait. I'm going to... Okay, so The Queen is Dead is track one. All right, so what? That was uh, what? Queen is dead. The titular track. I don't like the, the word titular. titular. It's an it's a dad bops in joke. <laughs> Do we need to speak in British accent? Titular joke. Is it? What's the what's the joke? I feel like we've there's a bit about being the titular track that we we made before. This is a joke. This is a really old joke. I don't remember about. it. You know my memory's bad. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that was pretty fire. I actually like that. Oh yeah, I don't like that song. I liked it. What do you like about it? I think they're really like, they're really setting the stage. They're really like, this is our, the, they're really like got a long thesis statement for the album, I feel like. And what's the thesis? I think they're just like, actually, I don't know. Let me circle back to that. But I think it's crazy that they're making fun of the queen and stuff and how lame the monarchy is and how whack it is to be British, basically, which is, I think, relatable. But also, <laughs> she's still queen. She is. And like the guy is still, what's his name? Prince, Prince Charles. Charles is still like, you know, a dick crab. And in her shadow, though. So it's like, and when did this come out? In the 80s? 1986. Okay, you're right. But still, I'm like, wow, you're pissed about Queen Elizabeth in 1986, and it's 2021. When did Princess Diana get freaking offed? Is it Uh, 89? Are we allowed to say offed at this point in time? I think so. Should we check? Or is that like a mob reference and we can't? uh, I mean,. It's fitting. If it's a mob reference, then you use the right verb. I, I feel like it's a mob reference. The monarchy is like a mob, and they definitely killed her. So They killed her. They killed their own. Their own daughter. That's so fucked up. 
I think he's ahead of his, maybe he's ahead of his time here with, you know, you're making fun of the media. In this, yes, but. You're making, wow. Look at that. Stinky, wow. Our cats are fighting in the background. And it's good because normally one of them really just like. Absolutely lays down and just takes it. the other one, but today he's, come here. Wait, so did you know that song? You know, I, th- I feel like I do know it, but I don't remember it at all. I never listen to it when I listen to the Smiths. I never go back and I'm like, you know what I should listen to? The Queen is Dead titular track. Titula. I feel like this is I like. I just like plow through to the songs that I already like. Yeah. It doesn't, it's not like a single, but I feel like if you're in album mode, you know how Drake on his first tracks, he's always like, all right, I'm going to get all my bars off. And then we'll get into the singles. I feel like Morrissey was doing that here. It's like a six verse intro song. Yeah, it's seven like minutes long. You got to really like get your shit off and then you can start the album. Here's what I'll say about it. It's fine, but I don't have that much to say about it other than that. But I will say. I wish I could unpack it more because I, but I don't know. I feel like there's some complicated lyrics in there. A lot of references I don't get, but everybody hates the British. So I'm with you, Morrissey, on that. Especially the Irish. And the, yeah, and I am Irish, partly. So, so you can really hate the British. So I'm with you. I hear you loud and clear. I also hate the English because I'm Jewish. Gotcha. <laughs> Facts. Okay. Um, so track one. I'd say that's a pretty good start. All right. Ready track two. Me? It's what we all came for. It's what I came for. It's uh, it's frankly Mr. Shankly, people. Yep. You already know. You already know what it's about. <laughs> you already know what it is. All right. Here we go. Wow. What's your vibe? That was great. I know, it's such a good song. I loved it. I've never heard that in my life. Oh, I thought you said you had heard it. Maybe I've heard like maybe I heard it, but I never listened to it, you know? No, it's truly like it's um an anti capitalist um anthem, really. It's really pretty uh relevant, yeah. He's like the position I've held, it pays my way, it corrodes my soul. Act First facts. I'm like, oh, <laughs> You're me. Coming out the gate hot. Okay, but according to the internet, apparently it's about um, this guy named Geoff Travis, who was the head of the record label the Smiths were signed to at the time. Okay. And he wrote really bad poetry, which is like what it's... So he's Mr. Shankly. He's Mr. Shankly. (laughs) Wow. Okay. And But it's supposed to be lighthearted, but yeah. Okay. I love the the line about the bars about fame is super, super accurate and ahead of its time, I think. Like, you would rather be famous than righteous or holy any day. That's really, like, that's accurate. That's facts. I feel like that's facts, and I can't tell. I feel like that's not ironic. Mm-mm. Like, the rest of it is, is like, iron, ironic, and that's not. I don't, is this song ironic? I think it is, right? Is he, inha- oh, whose point of view are we inhabiting? I feel like we're Morrissey. Is it really, is it him or is he doing a character? Because I saw at the top it was like an ambitious gopher, like a musical gopher? Yeah, he's, it's them. So he's like a, he's like a PA, but for music. No, I don't, I don't think so. Okay. I feel like it's like them, but it's at the beginning of the, their career. So they're being like fucked over by the record labels. Right. Wait, let's see. This position of hell. Interesting. Because I'm, what I'm getting is like, so this guy, Mr. Shankly, has more. Obviously, it's about their guy that they're pissed about at the record label in real life. But it's like, it's also from the point of view of some guy that works at a record label that's like not as important as like the boss. 
So it's like yeah. a, you're the executive assistant or like you're the whatever. Wow. Executive assistant. Hey, fine. <laughs> no, wow. I'm saying you said this is me. And like, I feel like, yeah. okay, now, now we can't release this. I'm kidding. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. kidding. But no, but I mean like, but yeah, I feel like that's what he's doing. That's the character. And obviously he's not the, in real life, he's not as an executive assistant. No, I assistant. know. But I still feel like it's like, you know, when you're at the beginning of your creative career and you're just being fucked around by labels, I feel like it also. Oh, oh, I see. Oh, so like. Okay, so maybe he was in the, maybe he was a PA or something, but he wanted to be an artist. Cause he literally says, like, I want to leave and you won't miss me. Yeah. I want to go down to musical history. Like, I want to be a musician. I don't know. I think, I mean, according to this, this website, uh-huh. it's literally just like about their first album when they were trying to put it out. But yeah, I'm, I'm purely just off the but fly. I, but I like your musical critical, interpretation. I like your critical analysis. Not only this though, okay. because I'm like, and then he's like, also, I want to go down in celluloid history. So it's literally just like, I just want to be famous. Yeah. I just don't want to work I for didn't you. I know what the word celluloid meant until right now. And I, <laughs> oh, I, really? I, you know, I think I, I was like, is it like cellulite? <laughs> that would fit. It's not, but it sounds, it looks the They same. share something. Cells. Cells. <laughs> yeah, celluloid. I don't know why. It's like the, what film is printed on. Like, it's like the material. Ew. Wow. But not now, right? So, well, if you're shooting on film, yeah. But if not. If you're Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, if you're on the if you're New in- Beverly and now the Vista. If you're making the film The Hateful Eight. The Hateful Eight. Which was a really bad film, in my opinion. I didn't like it that I'm much. I'm just saying it was really fucking boring. I know this it was a bummer. A, I know this isn't a movie podcast, but... But it could be. But if you had to give me a choice, if I could watch Legally Blonde every day for the... If I only had to watch one movie for the rest of my life, and it was either Legally Blonde or all of Quentin Tarantino movies, I could watch all of them or just <laughs> Legally, Blonde, Legally Blonde. I would pick Legally Blonde every day. Yeah. That's my little aside for today. What would I take? I've seen Quentin Tarantino movies so much that I might take Legally Blonde at this stage of my life. I've seen Legally Blonde like a hundred times. It's pretty like, good. I mean, it holds up, though. It holds up. Honestly, people aren't talking about how what a master class of screenwriting Legally Blonde is. It's pink and it's scented. I think it gives it a little <laughs> something extra, you know? It's really good. Anyways... Anyway, oh, wait, last thing I'll say about this in the, in the, my thing about what's ironic, what's not ironic is blah, blah, blah. Where is it? Oh yeah. The part where he says, sometimes I feel like I'd be more fulfilled making Christmas cards with the mentally ill. Like now you're making fun of the PA too. You're not just like this guy's shallow too, but yeah. we relate more to the shallow guy. We do. Facts. So far coming out really hot. Two for two for me. I'm like, I'm loving it. Are we, are we ready for the next song? Yeah. Oh yeah. Wait. Last thing. the The sound is amazing too. Very weird. Okay. It's so good. It's really good. I can't believe you never heard this song before. Honestly, even if we don't ever put out this, this is helpful. This it's like worth it for us to get to go through the Smiths together because yeah. it's so rare that I love a band that you don't know that well or that you also like. That's what this. I feel like that was what we wanted to do this for originally. We just never got to the shit, and then we got derailed. Yeah. So I'm down. I'm da- absolutely down. Anyways, next song. I know it's over. I know it's over. Okay, we're 
we're recording. Wow. So what was that one called? So it's called Mother. Oh, Mother. Hello. It's called I Know It's I Over. I Know It's Over. I Know It's Over. That was, that was good. That hit, too. Yeah. Was Marcy just, like, no misses? Lyrical much. king? Is that yeah, like? he's a lyrical genius. I always knew he was really good, but, I mean, no misses. It's, like, the level of, like, hyperbole in this song is so, so good. It's really extra for sure. It's like it it borders on being like a bit triggering, but it's, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I would like, say the sea the sea wants to take me. It's like whew. yeah, it's pretty brutal. The knife wants to slit Lit me. me. That's like, pretty aggressive. That's so so aggressive. I feel like the number of times the soil is falling on his head, like he's being buried, is really pretty. Yeah, it's a lot. The funniest thing about like when people say like I'm being buried alive, like. It does not scare me because I only think of vampires. I'm like the only people that get buried alive are vampires. I know that's not true historically. Yeah. But to me, it feels true. Were you with me the other day? Yeah. You were with me with the bell thing? That's terrifying. Isn't that crazy? I mean, you should. We should explain it, unpack this. I don't remember where we were. were At my parents' house in Dexter? On vacation? Yeah. And was that where? I can't I don't know. Maybe. But we were talking about, like, people getting buried and, like, in these old graveyards, they would have, like, posts by the freshly dug graves with, like, a string attached to a bell going into the grave so people could pull it if they were buried alive. (laughs) Which is just, it just makes sense. It's crazy. Five Here's some things about graveyards (laughs) that just make sense. (laughs) Do-do-do-do-do-do. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Great the minds. internet has eroded our brains. Um, it's funny too. This is a really, it's weird because he's, uh, this is a pretty unironic song and it's really self-aware, I feel like. You know what I think is like one of the most interesting, like, part of lyrics in this song is when he says, Sal- sad veiled bl- bride, please be happy. Handsome groom, give her room. Loud, loudish love her, treatly kind you, though she needs you more than she loves you. Yeah, it's like, wow, way to be like aware of the times with that one. Yeah, it was pretty, that's pretty goaded. Like, yeah, your wife, she doesn't want to marry you. Yeah. By the way. Yeah, absolutely. This is crazy. Who is the loud, loudish lover in this scenario? He's the at a groom. wedding. Yeah. It oh. might be about like his ex wife or his ex girlfriend, right? Is he it's straight? Like, Morrissey's gay for sure, right? Is he? I'm pretty sure he's gay. He's at least bi. I mean, I'm just saying. In, <laughs> Not like it's a power ranking. In, <laughs> in the scenario, yeah, I know it's over. So it's mm-hmm. about somebody, uh-huh. and then you bring it back to this bride, uh huh, who's getting married. She doesn't love him. It kind of like brings you to like the realization, oh, is it the ex? Yeah, for sure. It's definitely from the point of view of an ex. But what I'm wondering is like, who's the, I guess the loud, loudish lover could be like one of the two. It could be the groom, I guess. It's definitely the groom because it's treat her kindly. Yeah. So it's. I just thought there might be like a third player. Like the guy knows that the wife is cheating on the guy, but she's getting married anyway or something. I don't know. But maybe not. I don't know. I've never seen these lyrics before. It now. doesn't read that to me, but <laughs> it's probably the same. I think you're the feminism aspect from someone who's such a clear misogynist. misogynist. <sighs> I don't know anything about Morrissey. I just know he's kind of a dick, but yeah, which I am getting loud and clear from this song. Honestly, if you're so entertaining, then why are you on your own tonight? That's good. You know, this is like all lines from a woman, though. To yeah. a man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right? You spoke to me and said blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. you're actually ass. 
Anyway. Now I really want to know, is Marcy bisexual or straight? I thought I really thought he was gay. Do you want me to look it up? Yeah. Not that bing, it matters. Bing, I mean, bing. you you could be doing a character here, and you're still doing it accurately. I'm just curious now. Is Morrissey... How do I spell Morrissey? Uh, R-R-I-S... Yeah. Vegan. Is he, is he vegan? We know he's vegan. It doesn't even come up. He's not. Unfortunately, I am not homosexual, Morrissey. <laughs> Direct quote. <laughs> wow. He is straight. Okay. So... He's human sexual. Okay, well, then now we're getting into the... Now we're getting into the real. So he's he's like Pan, maybe. Right. Okay, whatever. It doesn't matter. But okay. Interesting. Okay. So should we go to the next song? I guess so. Wait, we'll go back for a second? This song's a huge bummer, but there's one other thing. Um, Love is Natural and Real? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like this is not what I associate Morrissey with or the Smiths with. Like this this recognition of like, I do believe in these really like corny things. I just really hate myself. It's sort of like, mm-hmm. it's not just like, oh, that's whack. You're in love. That's corny. It's more just like, oh, I'm really jealous that you're able to be like a good, genuine person. And I'm not. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Layers. We're getting a lot of layers. And I'm ass. And I'm ass. I'm a piece of shit. Exactly. By the way, my name is Van Morrison. Van Morrissey. <laughs> and I am a piece of shit. I'm a shit. piece of shit. And also, does Morrissey have Twitter? All I can think is like, dude, Morrissey would I mean, now he wouldn't kill it on Twitter because he's soft canceled. He's like the Richard Sykin bot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Morrissey is the Richard Sykin bot. Yeah. Wow, that's a niche. That is niche. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I love that bot. I do too. But I think I follow. I think I follow it. I haven't looked at my Twitter in like a year, but. But yeah, no. I just feel like, but I feel like Morrissey today is a piece of garbage, and everyone hates him. But he would be really good on Twitter. Yeah, this is for like sure. exactly the personality profile. He's of like everyone Atticus, on the poet. <laughs> yeah, but he, not really much better. He would be a good, yeah, he would be a good influencer in a different day. Yeah. All right, should we do it to the never, the never have He's no one e- ever? Morrissey's an e boy is what I'm trying to say, but yeah, let's let's do it. What's the next never one? Never had no one ever. Oh, wowie. Okay, what was that one called? It's called Never Had No One Ever. Never Had No One Ever. It's like the show on Netflix, Never Never Have I Ever. It was fine. Yeah, it didn't hit like the others. It's good. I just don't think it's got the same. I like the line, the... The age line is kind of good. It's interesting that it's like about the fact that he's not comfortable in England because his family came from Ireland. Is that really what it's about? I didn't get that at all from these lyrics. Is yeah. that in the like the deep deep? It was the frustration that I felt at the age of twenty when I still didn't feel easy walking around the streets where I had been born because they're from Ireland. It was a constant confusion to me that I never really felt that this was my patch. So that's why he hates the crown. It's not, he's not British. He's Irish. I Irish people hate the crown. I didn't even know that. Yeah, I guess that's true. I thought he was British. I didn't think he was Irish and British are so different. That's true. I didn't realize. Okay. Irish are superior to the Brits in every way. So much. Yeah. Way except more. Except that, that explains his writing abilities. Except that Bridgerton is really good. Bridgerton's. Fine. But I think that's written <laughs> by someone from the United States. Yeah. I'm like, that's like, yeah, that's an American LARP. <laughs> 
Hey. Um, that's fine though. That's cool. It's um, okay, but it's kind of creepy. He's like a creep in this. It's a bit creepy. I also feel like this maybe this was super edgy in the eighties or something, but like. We've just gone so far. I appreciate you being the template for the depressed, creepy weirdo who's like, a, you're an e-boy before e-boys existed. And now this is dated to me. Like, it's this doesn't funny. hit now. Here's what I'll say about the term e-boy. I've never heard the term e-boy or e-girl other than from you. Really? I do not know what an e-boy is. It's just like a catch-all for somebody who their whole personality is... You're you're an internet. You're basically just like an internet avatar walking around in real life. I guess so, but it's like, is everybody not that now? I think. Well, I mean, I think it's like you know how to market yourself online, but it takes a oh. huge toll on your mental health and your self image. I see. I see. I see. I see. I think that's the implication. But like, but also like, you might be hot though, but you're mentally ill. But I so get- you're saying I'm an e girl. <laughs> you're an e girl. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so I'm not good at marketing myself online at all. Here's what I have. The bad qualities, aka I'm mentally ill. But I'm not but, but I'm not hot or no, good at men no. or good at marketing myself online. I absolutely didn't say I didn't say any I'm of those things. I'm just kidding, No, but with the with the Morrissey thing though, I do feel like it's like I feel like he's trying a little too hard to be like edgy. Morrissey is like, hey, did you see me smoking this spliff outside? I took a photo of it in black and white. In yeah, case yeah, yeah, you yeah. Didn't He's see like, it. they were clothes and in I case was, you couldn't tell. <laughs> I was outside of CBGB. So that's all right. CBGB, yeah. Yeah. Right. Did you know anybody that smoked cloves in like high school or early college? No, I don't know what cloves are still. It's like, like herbal cigarettes. Oh, uh, you know what? I might have. I no. know some people in art school and like caught like U of M's art school that only smoke cloves. I think one of my friends, maybe he smoked clubs. Yeah. But maybe he just rolled his own cigarettes and had, like, one of those rollers. Apparently they're, like, twice as bad for you as normal cigarettes. That scans, but they look way cooler. They're cool. Although, honestly, if I saw somebody smoking a clove, I wouldn't know. They smell like Christmas is the only way I can describe I it. I don't like the smell of pine. I just feel like, though, I do think I'm... Th- this is making me think of, like, I was such a brand new fan in high school and then they got canceled. But I'm like, brand new is pulling from the Morrissey playbook so hard. So heavy. And they actually, I, I didn't realize, they name checks Morrissey in one of their songs. And the, lyri- and the lyrics are kind of Morrissey-esque, where it just kind of rambles off and goes in various directions. But I'm just feeling like, most of these songs are fire. This one was kind of a misstep. It's not, it's, it, it didn't hit for me. Yeah. Are we ready for the next one? Which is my favorite. And it is Cemetery Gates. Nice. <laughs> So, what's your vibe? I mean, I love Knowing it. You know that is it. my favorite song. No, I love it. I already know this one, though. But I love it. But, okay, I mean, do you do you have a good handle on these lyrics and these ly- literary references? Can you yeah. unpack these? I, mean, I, I can't. I know the, the poets. But I don't know all these implications. Here's what I think is really interesting about this is when he says, Keats and Yates are on your side and Wilde is on mine. Right. And Oscar Wilde is gay. Exactly. That's right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right? So that jumps out at me. But I'm like, what else? Are, what are you saying? Because he's now he's saying he's not gay. I know. But I feel like they're both just like real. Keats and Yates are real. Like they're sad boys of poetry. Like they're very like melancholy. Like they're very like self-referential kind of like literary names and i feel like they're all like kind of like people that like neutral milk hotel now uh-huh. like 
if they were in the time period, would have liked these poets, you know? Those two? Keats yeah. and Yeats? Yeah. So, okay. So I feel like he's at, he's, it's like, a, he's making fun of, like, histrionic emotion. Like, it's honestly, like, I feel like he's kind of, like, even making fun of himself. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah, because I feel like what makes it complicated for me is, like, today, if you're walking around and someone reads Keats or Yeats, they also read Wilde and they probably like all of them. So in my mind, that's like, that's a category. But if in the 80s, I don't know if it, I mean, not really, obviously. Nobody's walking around reading these people, but like. Some people are. Some people are. But in his mind, he's like, oh, there's a distinction between these groups. Honestly, I don't like any of these people. I've actually never read Wilde. So maybe I he's would funny. like him. He's really funny. I mean, I feel like he definitely writes like a, like an Oscar Wilde type character, like mm-hmm. satire. But I feel like I've read Keats and Yates poems and that I like. I, I don't know. I, I also feel like he's writing in that mode as well. He's yeah. writing in both modes. That's sure. that's why I'm confused. Well, I feel like it's like the more of the poem is like, it's kind of like a buddy poem. He's just like, we're yeah. going to go to the cemetery. I'm not that happy. And we're going to like yeah. walk around together. And it's it's sweet. Yeah. Who's the emo? Who's the emo one of those three poets? I thought Wilde was the most emo of those three. Like he's the grumpiest. I don't know. Keats and Yates are more like, are they transcendentalists? No. When, what is the eras on these? I don't know. Tran- they're both like 19, early 1900s. I'm pretty sure transcendentalists are like 18. 1850s? Yeah. I thought they were older. Yeah. I don't know. I really I'm going to laugh. Know. I'm probably wrong. I feel like they're like Emerson contemporaries. No way. Aren't they? No. When was Ralph Waldo around? 50s? 1850s? You're right. He oh, he's even earlier. He's early. Well, let's look at Beats. William Butler Yeats. So okay, early. so he's like, I was in the right range with Yates. Keats is no, even earlier. Look up Emerson, eighteen eighty two. You're right, earlier. Okay. And Oscar Wilde is. He's like eight, late eighteen hundreds. Yeah, eighteen fifty. Oh, he's a little earlier. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Wow, he's kind of hot. <laughs> Click on this. Somebody posted this picture. And they were like, oh, you can't see this one. And someone was like, oh, yeah, apparently he was like a forefather of like rap fashion. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, that's really good. He'd give me. Pretty sure there's like a Wiz Khalifa album cover that looks exactly like that. He gives me extreme Severus Snape vibes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, well, I, mean, I guess I like my it. timelines are way off. I feel like it's just like, it's kind of like a fun, ironic jaunt through a cemetery. It's kind of disrespectful. It's kind of funny. It's pretty. It's kind of serious, too. I think, like, what we're not talking about is that first, you know, I'm not very good at, like, instruments, but that first bridge, when they start the song where it's like, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. It's so good. It's it just, it's, it's, it really sets you. It's really happy and silly. It's like you're really skipping through the yeah. gravestones. You're like Elena in the first episode of Vampire Diaries when she's sitting in the graveyard. I actually do get this her reference. diary, and then because I watched comes literally along. only the first five minutes, and I checked out. <laughs> Extremely rude. But I do Anyways, that. in my head, I think that if Morrissey was to happen upon Elena Gilbert in a cemetery, he would have hit on her in the Vampire Diaries, or just like in general. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mystic Falls Cemetery. She's the lady that's like the Russian weirdo, right? The act, the re- in real life, She's Nina from- Dobrev. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She yeah. Russian? I don't know. She's soviet in some sense <laughs> she's from the balkans is she i don't know i just feel like she has to be she has like the i think she's from canada really oh god I'm she was idiot. in degrassi okay with drake but i'm like heritage like she's eastern european heritage so am i oh, oh yeah <laughs> that's true i just get like a very like russian heritage vibe from her it's a very like harsh looking person i don't 
I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. I gotta look up fucking Nina Dobrev. Nina I mean, Dobrev. Her name is- she sounds like a spy, like right out the gate. No hate on Nina Dobrev. I liked her as an actress, but Canadian, Canadian. fully Canadian. <laughs> All right, I don't know what I'm talking about. Anyway. She's, I mean, she's clearly Russian. Look at this heritage, though. Nikolina, come. I mean, okay, come on. Now I gotta come on. Oh no, Bulgaria. She's Bulgarian, so I'm right. She's Canadian. Okay, but go back. Born in Bulgaria. Thank you very much. There it is. Canadian, my ass, dude. Okay. <laughs> She's in Flatliners, the reboot. Yeah, yeah. I know. I want to watch that. Anyways. Anyway. So she she was in Degrassi with Drake. They were on at the same time? And yeah. I got to see that episode. Oh, hell yeah. But she was only on it for like five episodes. She got scooped up by the CW. She wow. was like a teen mom. In real life? No, in Degrassi. Oh. And then she was, never mind, you won't know anything I'm talking about. Okay. For anybody listening. I was with you up to that point. She was, <laughs> she transferred in to, from a different school. She's casually dates JT, who then gets murdered in the same, mur- in the same school shooting where Drake loses his, gets paralyzed, and then he's in a wheelchair for the rest of the show. Got you. Okay. Huge information. I'm to catch up on this. I mean, you'd have to watch like six seasons of Degrassi. Don't count me out. No. You're never going to watch I that. I won't. You're right. Don't make promises you can't keep. <laughs> what else do we have to say I'll about show you the. I'll show you the highlights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've and seen the scene of Drake getting shot. The, I'll show times. you the Manny Santos thong episode. <laughs> this John reference is just flying over my head. Hold on. Um, we have to take a break watching <laughs> Thong compilation. I mean, I'm not above any of this. I would love it. Anyways. Wait, so hit me back with those lyrics one time. Oh my god. This is a... I've had to do so many Google searches during this. It's a... Cemetery Gates. So we go inside and gravely read this. I know. that's That was the other thing. I'm like, come on, dude. You can't sneak that dad pun past us. He also has this one about produce the text from whence it's whence was ripped some dizzy whore 1804. Yeah. This is all just a joke that like mm-hmm. he, that you're referencing something. You didn't say that shit. Mm-hmm. Also, though, I already said this to you, but I just feel like this is something Grace would say. Walking through a graveyard, look at all these people, look at all these lives, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It seems unfair. I want to cry. That feels very Grace to me. No diss at all, but it's just that made me laugh. We would never diss Grace. I would. I would never. What else I got? I guess that's pretty much it. I don't know, but I freaking love this song. It's great. I can't discuss it. Also, it makes me sad because it reminds me of my brother. Yeah. But I feel like this is too... A lot of this is just a joke about you're pretentious and you have pretentious friends. And then you do pretentious things and you get to make fun of each other during it. Because this whole verse yeah, is just purely riffing about like if you're going to quote poetry, you're kind of lame. And I respect that as yeah. a pretentious person. Me too. As a person that had a whole like 20 minute conversation yesterday with my friend about how I was getting a God complex from looking at book talk. <laughs> wow. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> That fits. I'm like, yeah, I can't look at book talk anymore because everybody has bad taste and I'm getting a god complex. 100%. This reminded me, the last thing I'll say is this reminded me of me and Will when we, we, we would make, we would watch movies and shit and like know all of this stuff and make references to it. And then Will would make fun of us. He had this song like, you're just a collection of references, no original sentences. <laughs> like he made up this whole song. That really scams. I feel like it's like exactly the same tone as this verse. <laughs> So you're comparing yourself to Morrissey? No, I'm comparing Will to Morrissey, if anything. But honestly, not a bad comparison. Not a bad one. All right, should we move on? Yeah. 
this is going to be my top song in the album for sure, but... This one? No, oh. oh. Cemetery Youth. Okay. Unless we do some ad- additional bonus... We um, should do a topper off after this, yeah? We could listen to Rush. We haven't hit the ones that I like, even. I like these all, but I have a, f- a few I like. Alrighty. Okay, so we're listening to... Would you like to say what it is? Big Mouth Strikes Again. More like Bigfoot, am I right? I thought it was about Bigfoot initially. <laughs> Alright, Big Mouth. All right, Big Um, Mouth strikes again. What's your take? I think I'm talking to Jupiter. Okay, we're doing a podcast. (laughs) Jupiter's here. Jupiter, get on the mic. Jupiter, come on. Jupiter, what's your take? Take is meow. Okay, what's your take, though, actually? Okay, I mean, I like this song. I like it a lot. Here's what I think is interesting about these songs that I'm, now that I'm listening to them all together, is how much, like, self-grandizing that, like, Morrissey does, even at, like, his second album, basically, or third album, where he's like, yeah, I'm fucking, like, Joan of Arc, like, literally, like, one of the biggest martyrs of all time in your history books. Like, you're, like, a 22-year-old or something. Absolutely. Yeah, I've got that a, being said, I do like this song. I got a couple takes. I feel like this is maybe one of my favorite ones so far. I didn't know that I, I, I've ne- I think I've heard like maybe just like the melody of the chorus, but I never heard the lyrics. But I like this a lot. But I'm also this is what I'm thinking of. Um, so Morrissey not being gay. This is crazy to me that this is true. First of all, yeah. But then second, I thought he was gay. Oh really? Okay. But but then the secondly, the crazy thing to me is that like the stuff you're saying, I feel like here like the misogyny jumped out. Like, you know what I mean? Like, here it's like, okay, you're in a fight with presumably your girlfriend. if, And then, like, you're saying horrible things, like yeah. violent, horrible things. And then you're ironically taking the position of, like, I'm the martyr here. Right. As, like, two levels of detachment to, like, defend what you just said that was actually violent threats against a woman. Right. So, but then I'm realizing, like... But it's your favorite song. <laughs> no, but, I, but I'm saying what is interesting. I like... The reason I like it is the music, actually, not the lyrics. Yeah, I know. I get it. But I think what's, what's crazy, though, is I'm like, I feel like by taking... Like, if a man said this in, like, a masculine tone... This would be insta cancel, but like when you when you put it in a femme tone, it changes the uh-huh. the vibe. Like I feel like his whole posture is like he's got kind of like a David Bowie vibe. Yeah, like it's like it's not coming off as like overpowering. It's coming off as like oh, I'm I'm doing a bit. I'm like being ironic. It's so interesting to me, like that he the big mouth is like a reference to like him being connected to Joan of Arc because I would never ever like. Call Joan of Arc a big mouth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm like, what? Like, that to me. I can't. I'm trying to remember Joan of Arc's whole story now. She's, she's like, she's was like a Catholic in, martyr, but. Yeah, and I think she, like, the front of, like, a really famous, like, battle. Going against the French crown. I think so. And I guess he's going against the British crown. So maybe there's a parallel there. I guess so. It just seems crazy to me. But I also feel like that's not. I don't. I wish I remembered more of what her, what she was actually. Yeah, I don't mouthing know. off, quote unquote, about. I mean, she said that she like felt God, God speak right? through yeah. her, and she was and a at woman the stake. could not. But I also feel like it's super sus to put this Walkman joke in there. Yeah, I don't really get that because I'm like, is it like she couldn't really hear God? Also, he uh, he makes a lot of reference to references to noses, which I, as a Jewish person, feel like 
I don't think this it's is like I don't think it's anti-Semitic, but I'm like I'm acutely like in like one of the other songs, he's like, oh, big nose something, uh-huh. and then here he's like, her Roman nose. Yeah, it's just like it's a it's too many. I feel like this is weird to be like, for, especially for him. He's comparing himself to Joan of Arc, Joan of Arc which is a people revere her. Yeah, at least among like Catholics, let's say. I don't know what her history is, so grain of salt. But like, and then, but then he's kind of like making fun of her. I feel like he's making her look like she's just a dumb teenage girl. Yeah. That's the joke. Like, right. not only she's got a big nose, like she's unattractive. She's her Walkman and to melt or whatever. Yeah. It's like, oh, she's like vapid or something. Yeah. So I'm like, maybe you're making fun of yourself, but really you're just kind of being a misogynist. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of weird. Or maybe he's anti-Catholic. That's true. I guess Irish people are kind of oppressed by Catholicism in, in their way. Yeah. I don't know. The off-brand Christianity. But now he knows how Joan of Arc feels. The off-brand Christianity. Aren't you Catholic? Yeah. I just feel like it's more popular to be Protestant than Catholic. Oh, Most people know. are Protestant. Anyways, it's a good song. This is layered. Really fucking catchy. Yeah, I feel Something like... Something about the way he sings. Like, they really, like, got it good. The with... hook is sick. The, the guitar hook. is sick. Yeah. It's like, you're <laughs> yeah. never gonna catch me singing Now I Know How Joan of Arc Felt. Any... <laughs> Like, yeah. Dua Lupa, Lipa can make a song, Ariana Grande can make a song. I'm never going to be singing it except in that except fucking here. song. Oh, yeah, and the thing of, like, now I have no right to take my place in the human race. I mean, you're prefiguring I don't deserve rights. You're prefiguring the meme I don't deserve rights here. <laughs> well done. <laughs> well done. You've done it. Morrissey, you've done it again. Morrissey, you bastard. <laughs> yeah, this is good shit. I mean, it's fucked up. I feel like he's really showing his ass here. That's why I think it's interesting. I'm like, you're not coming off as likable here at all. No, but I don't think he's coming off as likable in another song. In another song, he's talking about literally stalking a woman. I agree. I mean, that one's also unlikable, but it's also not interesting artistically. So I'm kind of just like, eh, this one is interesting to me, but it's also Oh, shitty. it's interesting to me when somebody compares themselves to a To Joan of Arc. I'm like, yes, I am like Jesus. Thank you so much. Exactly. That was a curveball. Were you ready? Are you have you been ready for this album so far? What do you mean? Like halfway point through the album, would you say you were like prepared for what this album was gonna bring? I mean, the, the so the Smith songs that I love, I know the tone and I like them, but I kind of thought there'd be more filler. I thought this would be like kind of ass, and there'd mm. be some good ones. So far, this is all hits. It's just like all ones. <laughs> yeah. Maybe except for that one that was about being a stalker, which is okay. Yeah, it was okay. <laughs> Sweet. Right. Okay. Should we do next one? Yeah. So what is it? The boy with the thorn in his side. Okay, wait, what was... Still They Won't Believe Us? What's it called? It's called, um... Frankly, Mr. Shank, no. The boy, <laughs> the the boy? with the thorn in his side. Okay, first reaction right off the gate, incel. Incels right here. Incel anthem. Okay, no, no, no. I mean, I do understand in the context of today. Context of today. That's not, yeah. But it's, it's like. That's not what he's saying, but this is, again, you're ahead of, he's ahead of the curve again. This is. He's like, oh, poor me. I white man. Oh, no. Especially because. I don't know why I did that accent. I don't know. I feel like that was a weird accent that I just did. I don't care. I'm, I joined in. Um, what was I going to say? No, but I feel like in the choruses, it's like, it's fully there where it's like ironic of a murderous desire for love or like a yeah. plundering desire. Like right. violence and sexual assault is like being implied here. Absolutely. 
And it's like, I mean, yeah, you're dead on the money, bro. I mean, this is like, you were ahead of the curve. Oh, but it's so catchy. It's really good. I mean, it's still really good. I think what's cool about Morrissey that I'm finding so far is like, he really lets, he's really carving out the space for you to really like enjoy your own toxicity. Like he's really like letting you whiff your own fart. You know what I mean? Like he's it's just funny like that mm, you say that as you're literally uh, as I your- no, I'm not. <laughs> what are you talking about? No, but yeah, that's exactly. I feel like that's what he's doing. You know what I think is interesting about Morrissey is that he really gloms on to his own lyrics. He does. Like he doesn't make that many. Like you've got rappers that are like literally writing novellas in uh-huh. one song. If you portion that out, it's like literally twenty pages. Yeah, he's got like maybe maybe two hundred fifty words. And he just he re- reuses it the whole time. That's true. But it sounds good as hell. It's catchy as fuck. It sounds great. I love it. I'm not saying I don't love it. One thing I think it's interesting about you can really see this in like Morrissey's probably not the best example because I feel like he's pretty wordy. Like he he'll actually do like these sa- this sounds conversational at times. But like you can't really tell how good lyrics are if you just read them. Like if you listen to a song and then you hear the lyrics too, it's like sometimes. It jumps off the page in a different way than, like, a poem does. Yeah. Like when Drake said, I gave you a slice, but I want the whole pie, or whatever that lyric is. <laughs> Drake said that? That's that first <laughs> song. That's that, like, first song he has where he's in the gym. You took my heart, but then I share it like oh, the last slice. Oh, you could slice. have my heart, or we could share it like the last slice. That's it? Yeah. It was kind of, like, about pie. It was. It's fully about pie. Not what I had in mind, but... <laughs> No, I don't know. I feel like sometimes you'll read the lyrics of, of a song and you're like, this is so simple and dumb. And then you hear it over music and you're like, oh, this is genius. Yeah. Like the way you're referencing yourself is genius over the notes. And I feel like he's doing that. He's getting away with it. He is. He's amazing. Also, he is a good writer, though. It's not like. He's a good writer. He's not just using the music, but it's both. But damn, bro. It's weird to listen to this now that we know that Morrissey's a toxic asshole, though. Yeah, it sucks that he's a dickwad. It's just not fair. It was always there, though. It's not like he was hiding it at this stage. It's kind of just like, did you have to do that? It feels like he could have gone one or of two ways Uh in, like, the 90s, and he went the wrong way. Wait, so what is he canceled for? Do you know? I don't even know. I don't know, but he, um, insider note, he he keeps on, like, being submitted for a, a star. Oh. But, like, he... He won't take it? No. You won't. Are you sinking it? We should probably not put this. We should probably delete Nobody knows what we're talking about. Um, he won't get chosen because he's such a dick. Wow. This is huge. Yeah. It's a good thing we have no reach. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Okay. I don't know. I have a weird... I have mixed feelings about this because I'm like... This is this brings up like the cancel culture idea to me. I don't I feel like I agree with you, but I feel like his is like Maybe he is really bad. To be honest, I don't know anything. I'm not prepared for this episode, so I don't know. Yeah, we're we're gonna need to do some postscript on this. Yeah, because all I know is like I don't think Morrissey has like done a bad thing to a person, like physically, in terms of like I that I know of. Like I abused you, I did XYZ, but I know he said things that are bad. Why is Morrissey But I'm also like I don't think he's ever made a it's not a secret that he's kind of like a shithead. I feel like he's been making that clear. He backs a white nationalist pot party. What? And he's anti-immigrant. Morrissey. What's this white nationalist thing? Which is funny because he has a huge reach in Latin America. Yeah. I mean, but that's not off brand. I mean, a bunch of like but he's Latin. anti-immigrant. No, I know. But like Trump has such a huge Latin American yeah. presence. It's not like technically that's not in conflict. Oh, he is vegan. Great. <laughs> Okay, well, you can have him back. <laughs> Let's see. I hate rape. 
I hate sexual, but in many cases, one looks at the circumstances and thinks that the person referred to as a victim. Ah, okay. That's pretty spicy. Oh, controversial vocal support of Brexit. The bad rhetoric that Maury espouses and the party espouses on these shores would be Trump. Oh, but that's not Morrissey. That's somebody else. You should probably just like... No, wait, wait, I'm going to leave it in. I'll edit around it. For Britain. Wait, what is the far-right political party? The Brexit party? Oh, I see. So, I mean, if anything, it's like he's... He's England's, like, he's a lib- libertarian. Yeah. Because I feel like Brexit, people were pumped about Brexit to be, like, economically independent, even though it's been associated with far-right shit now. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't be pro-Brexit, but uh, I don't know. I don't know anything about I what don't I'm know. talking we about. Need to, we need to do more research before we really... Before I say anything about Morrissey. I don't defend Morrissey. We don't. We're just listening to the Smiths. The only comment, the, really the only thing I was saying is that, like, I feel like this is maybe a good parallel, actually. And you know I get any chance to take about talk about David Foster Wallace. <laughs> <laughs> that, like, people that read him, here's the thing, same fan bases, same fan bases. People that would like Morrissey's weird, overly literate shit would also like David Foster Wallace's overly literate shit. And they both revealed in their writing that they were shitheads. And then, But I think David Foster Wallace is worse. Here's what I think, though, is that, like, you can like shithead shit like that, but it's, like, it's not exclusionary to you liking it. It's more like, oh, you made it a part of your personality. Yeah. Because I feel like the same people that, like, dismiss and David Foster Wallace also love Arrested Development and um, Neutral Milk Hotel. I feel like it's, like, there's, yeah. like, they're all the same vibe for some reason. Yeah. But it's, like, you just don't have to be an asshole about it. Like, I feel like people don't yeah, like yeah. David Foster Wallace, fan, Wallace fans because they're an asshole about For David sure. Foster Wallace, even though he was an abusive yeah. piece of shit. For sure. Not even about him. But I feel like the, the reason I'm doing the Morrissey thing is I feel like people do make Morrissey lyrics a part of their personality. And then when he got canceled, it was like, oh, I have a Morrissey tattoo. I need to, like, get rid of it. Or, like, we knew somebody like this. Do you remember this? No. I don't want to say the name on Oh, I forgot about them. But it's like the same kind of thing where you love somebody so much and they have such a deep connection. And part of the deep connection they forge is that, like, I'm a shithead. I know I'm a shithead. I know you're a shithead. Like, let's connect. It's like how I know that, like, Alicia Silverstone is probably an anti-vaxxer, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. 100%. And unfortunately, that is part of my personality. But you're not an anti-vaxxer. I'm not. But you I, loving her is part of your personality. Yeah. yeah. But I feel like she probably is, right? Don't you Probably, think? yeah. Unrelated, but... I just saw that she's starting an OnlyFans. I know, I saw that too! On TikTok. I was like, what? Should I subscribe? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this is a weird overwrought comparison, uh, uh, but... Should we go to the next song? I guess so. A lot of thoughts on this issue, but yeah, I should probably just stop because I don't know anything about Morrissey. We don't know enough to give commentary on, on right. Morrissey. Really, is the, the I main think, thing. I think I'll have a more developed thought on this by the end of this album. So let's move on. <laughs> All right, next All right. song. How do you say that word? Visar. Vicar in a tutu. Vicar. Okay, Vicar in a Tutu. What's your vibe? It's alright, this one's kind of a miss for me. Yeah, I don't love, I really do not love. I get it, but I don't like it that much. I feel like this is the anti-Catholic bit coming out, which I understand. It's just kind of like heavy-handed. I feel like you're not really adding anything to the conversation. Yeah, it's like so... I feel like this is maybe close to the same time, like, Sinead O'Connor is on SNL, like, making, you know, ripping on the Pope. 
Oh, yeah. So, like, maybe at the time this is edgier to, like, make fun of Catholic stuff. And I'm all pro making fun of Catholics and ripping out the Catholic Church, but I just feel like it's, like, I feel like you're kind of taking down the wrong targets here. Like, the, I feel like the joke is, like, the vicar is gay. Or, like, he's a cross-dresser. Yeah. yeah. But then you're also kind of, like, attacking gay people as you right. do it. Like, I don't... I just feel like it's not very focused. I mean, I 100% agree with you. It's, like, just so... I just don't feel like it's, like, useful. I don't feel like it's good. It's, like, you're not missing. that catchy. I did, honestly, I didn't know what a vicar was until now. I had to Google it. I don't, like, have that much to say about it. I feel like it's kind of one tone, and I just, like, I didn't like it. It just, again, makes me think that Morrissey's gay. But I guess we read this thing earlier, and he's maybe he's pan or something, even though he's... We shouldn't speculate on people's sexuality. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That. I don't think either of us care either way. I just feel like we're not... Like, yeah. he's never said he's gay, so... And I just didn't check the dates on the articles. Because <laughs> like, he could have oh, been like, I, mean, I was straight in 2018, and then been like, oh, I'm... I guess. I don't know anything about Morrissey. The well, song sucks. I don't sucks. either. Except for I know he thinks meat is murder, which I also think. Hey, hey nice. Good job, gotta- Marcy. Okay, before you do that, let me answer the next one and then we'll cut. The next one is There is a Light That Never Goes Out. Okay. There's a light that never goes out. Pretty good. Classic. I like it. You got any takes? What's your take? Oh, yeah. I mean, I really like this song. I feel like it's really sad. It's a goat. It's, I mean, I feel like it's like, I don't know if it's supposed to be that sad, but it's so sad to me. I think I relate to this song probably more than any other Smith song. Like, I don't know if it's my favorite Smith song, but... You're I'm, like I feel me out tonight anyway. I just I feel like when I was in high school, he, you're talking about like teen and angst and stuff. It's the most relatable. Like, this is exactly how I would deal with things. This is how I would feel when I was like a teen. If it was really stressful or I was mad at my parents, it was like, you feel safe in the car with like a friend. You're, so. you're able to drive around. That was like the best. There's something about the line, there is a light that never goes out. It's just like, heartbreaking to me like literally like i was like i could cry listening to this it's funny that that's the title because i'm like i never thought he's definitely like really depressed but i do think i feel like even at the time if i'm if i'm thinking back to like me journaling and being depressed i probably wrote something like using the same kind of metaphor of like even if you're really bummed there's still like this kind of glimmer of like you can continue it's just funny because that's not what I think about. Like, and I don't know what the right literary thing about this, but to me, they're like, there is a light that never goes out, screams like, this person died. Oh, like, I said, like a person, candle. This like, died by suicide. Yeah. And then it's like, the light of their, like, life is, like, passed on. Right. And then the person in the song is so de- super depressed, it's, like, pretty easy to make the junk that it's, like, actually, yeah. they just, like, yeah. died by suicide and then it's like the ending is like there's a light that will never go out it's like about the like a memorial song yeah that makes yeah that makes a lot of sense i mean when i was like reading the analytics or <laughs> what's yeah, the, like word? The, the analysis analysis yeah. yeah yeah i was gonna similar words confused that's not what i i didn't see anybody saying that but that's always like what i saw when it was like when i heard the song that makes sense and then the song's like kind of like a m- memorial to them in a way the idea of lighting a candle is a similar thing. I don't know why this song always makes me so sad. Probably why I don't listen to it that much. Do you not? No. Oh. I mean, I don't listen to it much either. I listen to like a lot of Smith songs, but this song and then um, there's another one, but I don't remember what it is. 
It is really sad. I think it doesn't. The only reason I'm not saddened by it is because like, I just feel like I feel seen. Like I was like, yeah, I'm, I mean, I think I would feel differently if I don't know. Yeah. Depending on what happens. If ha- you or me. <laughs> yeah. Or depending <laughs> on what happens to you. But also like, if you feel bummed, if you feel really depressed and then like, I feel like a lot of teenagers feel really depressed. It's a time of like really extreme emotions up and down. And like it's relatable to a lot of people for that, but I think the 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 what you're having is a more you know maybe yeah. maybe he intended that too. I don't know. Well, I don't know. I just saw on the internet that it takes ninety seconds to process an emotion. Really? So, I don't know, but I feel like this song is like it is very unique to like a teenage experience or like an an experience of somebody that's like out of place. But I feel like it's like it's very sad in it some is. ways. Like it's just like it's not just like okay. Take me out because I'm like want to be out and like with around people, but it's like yeah, it's really like feels very dark. It does for sure. I mean, I like it. It's just really sad to me. I like it. It's hard now. We just rewatched Five Hundred Days of Summer, where it's like used as like a bit in that movie. Because um, I feel like before I didn't know the song until the movie came out. But now thinking about it, I like it for different reasons. I don't remember when it's used in that song. In the she's in the elevator and she's like, oh, I love the Smiths. It's like the oh, whole like. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Who knew I was emulating Zoe Dishon on my own? You're Zoe. I'm quirky. I'm Zoe. Yeah, I don't know. I Honestly, this song reminds me too. I was a big Death Cab for Cutie fan for a bit. And then they have that song Passenger Seat that everybody I don't know. I'm loved. And it's literally the exact same thing. It's just like when I'm in the passenger seat of your car, like I'm, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sad and happy, blah, blah, blah. Like it's like the same. And that's why I always have you drive. <laughs> yeah. And then now we have Olivia Rodrigo doing Passenger Seat. I just feel like this is like a uniting. Driver's license. Oh, right. God. Which is Driver's funny because license. I actually heard somebody talk about, I don't know what I was listening to. I must have been listening to a podcast. And they were like, actually, it's surprising that more people haven't talked about the experience of getting their driver's That was me. That was literally me talking to you in the car the other day. So it wasn't a podcast, it was you. You're right. (laughs) But now you're comparing it to these other things. I just feel like it's When you made the comparison that it's never been done before. Yeah, I guess I was wrong. But I feel like nobody's ever... That's why I thought it was a podcast. You just contradicted. But I feel like the way she said it is different than this guy saying. Yeah, absolutely. He's he's not saying like, oh, I'm you got this rite of passage. If anything, he's kind of saying like, he he's just like really looking for any sort of lack of agency. He's really looking to be like... Made passive. Yeah. Yeah, Take me. That is the weird thing too. It's like the man is asking to be like picked up and taken away from his broken home or something. And it's like comforting to be with a friend who's not from a broken home. That's something I relate to very deeply. <laughs> like, sorry to anybody who listens to this, but it was like very stressful hey, at the time. But are I feel our like parents listening to this podcast. Uh, some of them. Some of them. Who's some of them? I don't know. I have a lot of parents. I only have two. Four. Four. What do you think? This shit is getting is? around. I don't know. I'm not going to speculate. Anyways. But yeah, I think it's relatable on that in that way, and it's probably relatable too to my parents. I bet. Yeah, for sure. It's relatable to anybody that's like has a stressful teen household. Yeah, it's not bad. Wait, so should we go to the next song? Yeah. What song is it? All right, the next song. Okay, ready? The next song is Some Girls Are Bigger Than Others. Okay, um, some girls are bigger than others. I don't know. I like it. It's funny, I guess, but it's it's weird. 
Yeah, it's fine. It's, it's weird after the last one, I feel like. It's weird to end your album on this note. Is this the last song? Yeah. Some girls. So bigger than others. It's just like such a non and It's a non entity, yeah. I didn't. Honestly, it makes sense now that we know he is gay. Now that we've done that research, because it's right. about press. Yeah, so he's like, I don't give a shit, right? Isn't that's that the vibe. Yeah, that's the funny thing, though. I didn't know it was about that. My mind is going to like overall body size or something. I too. And I thought was it was like, just like, wow, he's a real misogynist. Yeah, like he's making fun of girls that are bigger or something. Yeah, but no, it's just about the tatas. But I guess if it's yeah, if it's just about boobs, it's kind of funny. And also the thing at the beginning where he's like, he, I think he explicitly is, says like, oh, like from the Stone Age or something. Where, like, all the Stone Age statues of women that you see are, like, they have huge bro- mm. boobs. It also makes like, sense when you say, like, the phrase, oh, the girls are out, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Which I famously, I love that phrase. Yeah, you. Which like, it's hilarious. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's not that much to this. It's just, like... Yeah, I don't really care. That, I don't really care that much. I think it's an ironic joke at the end of this whole album. It's about, like, trying to be intimate with other people and being yeah. weird. Where it's, it's like, all we think about is sex. It's like a joke. Yeah. It's okay. It's, it's not fine. bad. I don't care either way. It's not a strong song for me, but. I used to think this was a stronger song. Like when you showed, I feel like we were on a road trip and you played it in a car and I was like, oh, this is funny. This is hilarious. Yeah. But now I'm like, this is actually kind of. Now ass. that you've heard the whole. Yeah. <laughs> whole thing it's fine. so wait can we do like a bonus can we do a bonus songs in this yeah should we do bonuses before we do our rap our summary okay should we do we should do our summary first we can do our bonuses first the bony i got a couple more let's do the bony let's do the crystal bony in ra at college when i went there <laughs> it's like you made shout out reference. to crystal bony and my eyes just went like blank <laughs> and look at my so that's not understand no no one's supposed to get this joke um you have the the All right. I'll play one, but let me find it. There's a few Smith songs that I like a lot. Some girls are bigger than others. Some girls are bigger than others. This is our only Smiths episode, so we gotta hit all our Bigger than other girls and mothers. Okay. What song are you gonna play? I don't even know. I'm gonna do... Okay, I got a couple. I got one. Please, please. This was... Okay, the one I'm gonna do is How Soon Is Now, because I like this one a lot. Songs too. How soon is now? It's good. I mean, it's like it's redundant. The song always sticks in my head because I feel like the guitar effect with like the boop 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 boop, like that wubbing thing. It makes me think of like uh, when you're driving on a highway and you see you think you see like an oasis and then it disappears before you get there. It reminds me of that a lot. For me, it strikes me as like somebody that's like an alien in like a '70s sci-fi movie, being like, "I'm human and I need to be loved." Yeah, it's very. Like, it's like so like. Super abstracted. But I respect it in, like, a way that's, like, okay, you've got, like, a man really speaking his needs, and I shouldn't take it as, like, a sci-fi thing, but it's, like, the way it's done is just, like, feels like Soylent Green vibes. <laughs> Soylent Green is people. Yeah, for sure. I like the, the, I feel everybody can relate to that, though, like, if you're in L.A. or something, and they're like, hey, we're all going out. Like, we're going to go to this really cool club, and then you go there, and it's, like, you don't talk to anyone you go there because you're like, maybe I'll meet someone. And then you go there and you don't meet anyone. And then you go home alone. And you talk to your friends. And, and you're, you're miserable. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I didn't realize there was a whole verse. Literally, he says those exact, basically those exact yeah. words. I didn't know that. 
It's a good song. Wait, so what was the other one that... The bonus the bonus song I was going to pick. Do you want to do one? Yeah, do your Yeah, bonus. I want to pick. Mine is a rush, a rush and a push. Push? Push. A rush. <laughs> a rush and a push. <laughs> a, rush, a rush and a push and the land is ours. A rush, a rush, and a push, and the land is ours. What's your What's your take? You know, it's not as as obvious as a lot of the other Smith songs, and I will just you know be honest. I think that I just really like the fucking music of it and the the lyrics together where it's like it's got really good vibes but it's actually really sad is it i don't even understand like the meaning at all well it's about somebody that's like suicidal the first lyrics are i'm the ghost of trouble joe hung by his pretty white neck 18 months ago Um, i traveled to a mystical time zone and i missed my bed and i soon came home okay so it's like somebody that died by suicide and then like kind of like if they didn't and um there's too much caffeine in your bloodstream and a lack of real spice in your life and then like leave me alone because i'm all right dad is like their parent like kind of like being like trying to like connect with them oh wow i know wait what's up with the title though i always thought it was like a military reference you know i don't know but it says the land that we live on is ours it has been before, so we shall. Be, so it shall be again. And the people who are uglier than you and I, they take what they need and just leave. Which it's like to me, that sounds like a like kind of like a military invasion of like, uh, like kind of like of like a Vietnam esque or even like Hawaii. Yeah. But this seems like a, like an imperialism critique to yeah. me. But I don't know how, I really don't understand how it fits within the individualism parts of the song. And there's also, like, I think I'm in love at the end. And there's also, like, an illusion of, like, you're still a young man, so phone me, phone me, phone me. But and They think it's, like, a sex thing. Yeah. I think, and then it goes right into, I think I'm in love. So it's, like, I don't. This is a really confusing song for me. Yeah. I like it. Sonically, I like it and I enjoy it, but I've never oh, understood. Phone me, phone me, phone me. So basically, we're confused. Anybody that has any insight on the lyrics. So this is a good one. You listen to it this a million times and this is still kind of... You're, you're not unpacking it all the way right now, even. And you're a fan. I don't, but I like the way they say, A rush and a bush and a land. Ah, yeah. Stand on his arms and have him like before. The other thing, too, is so like... So shall be again. I feel like the title is actually really morbid, though. Because, I mean, I didn't get the, the the suicide angle at all until you just said this. But it's also like, the title is almost like a reference to that. Yeah. Where it's like, just do it really quick and it'll be like over. Yeah. Like that's like, and it's fucked up though in the context of comparing comparing imperialism and like suicide is really weird. Push and the land that we stand on is ours. It has been before then and shall be again. It's kind of like where it's like, oh, they took the land back, but like if we just rush through and kill them all, like we'll have it back again. Like that's like (laughs) that's fucked up, honestly. But it fits with the whole. Sadly, I still love the song. It's good. I mean, I like it. It fits with the whole like I hate England. I'm Irish themes shit that we're dealing with um okay wait so i want to do one other one that was really good though 
Which one is it? Please, I gotta please, do the please. other. I gotta do the the other let classic. Me, let me get what I want this time. Yeah, please, I please, also please. Love heaven knows I'm miserable now, but I'll do both. There's so many. Good you can have the last note. Oh, let's do please, please, please first. Let me. All right, so it's please, please, please. Let me get what I want. Okay, please, 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 let me get what I want. And this is a way shorter song than I remember. See, the luck I've had can make a good man turn, turn bad. Turn bad. Like a lead Roger. Da, na, 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 na. I feel like it's very incel. It's, it's extreme so incel. incel. Lord knows it would be the first time. It's like, okay, Morrissey, All right, really? Shut up, bro. Uh, I get. I think it's funny, though, that like everybody knows. Everybody's felt that way where you're just really self-pitying at some point. But it's hard to tell if he's being ironic or not. I haven't had a dream in a long time. In a long time. See, the life I've had can make a good man turn back. That's incel right there. That's yeah. prime. So for once in my life, please let me get what I want. Or else, I'm going to fucking shoot up a... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Literally, I was going to say that. I was like, maybe I won't say that. Yeah, I probably shouldn't have made an Elliot Roger joke, but... Wait, who's Elliot Roger? He's the Santa Cruz guy who shot up. He was an incel that was like... Is he burning I'm attractive. Out? I drive a Mercedes. I should be able to have any woman I want. And then he was like an in, it was like a in Santa Cruz, California, and like shot up a bunch of, killed a bunch of people. I probably shouldn't have made that joke, but, but that's what this is. This is what this is giving me, though. I'm like, you're if if we go to the incel forums, are they going to be quoting Morrissey? They're like Morrissey. Is Morrissey like an incel icon that I don't know about? I don't know. I don't is think there so. is there a the Smiths to incel pipeline? That's a good question. Do you think this has more to do with like the like him being confused about his sexuality thing? I mean, maybe, maybe it has to do with him being Irish. <laughs> it's about him being Irish. I don't know what I I have no idea what it's about. All I know is it's just like really I, honestly I don't really care. Here's a question I have. I feel like this is really like Morrissey pre coming out, let's say. I feel like it's like a very male thing. I don't know if like is this this isn't a very like this doesn't feel like a very like women focused angle. This feels like very like male self-pitying. What? I don't I don't understand. I feel like women self-pity too. I know, but I feel like the angle he's coming at it here is like what does he want? Like sex or something? Like he wants like somebody to like him and the way he's like performing it is so pathetic that I feel like it's like the way, it's pathetic in a like a, in a very male way that I I think. But is it not? Maybe maybe I don't know. I I wouldn't see it as very like gendered, but maybe it is. I'm curious about that. Because I'm like, even if he, whether gay or not gay, I feel like you're, if you're straight, you relate, you could relate to this if you were like, if you were super insecure and being like, I couldn't date people, blah, blah, blah. And then you kind of just evolve out of it if you're mature. I guess I just don't see this as that much gendered as like a white male thing. Although, like, to me, I guess the hidden threats of it are. Yeah. But the idea of like, I haven't had a dream in a while, like, you know, like, please let me get what I want this time. That feels very like universal. That's true. Like he's trying to manifest. Yeah, he's manifesting. <laughs> Here's what we've learned. Morrissey is basically like the foreteller of our generation. Yeah, he's really ahead of the curve, really. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I still like this song. I like song. the song. I think when you analyze the lyrics, it kind of loses something. It does. It does. Okay, so wait, what was the other one we were going to do? Heaven Knows I'm Miserable Now. I think that'll be our last one. Okay. Heaven Knows I'm Miserable Now.
Heaven knows I'm miserable now. Wow, I never heard that. That's really funny, though. You never heard that song before? No. Heaven knows I'm miserable now. It's really funny. The line, honestly, just the line, like, I was looking for a job, and then I found a job. Is That's, like, Hall and of Heaven fame. knows I'm miserable now. It's like, <laughs> yeah. like, Chef's kiss. I'm like, yeah, that is so you're good. right. You're right. It's funny that all the people on Rap Genius or Genius or whatever are being like, oh, God, I'm so, I connect to this so deeply, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, this is just like what life is like now. This isn't like a unique personality oh trait. Nobody likes their fucking Everyone job. hates their life now. This is just hilarious to hey, me. Hey, hey, hey. Anyways, I like the song. It's good. Honestly, now that I've listened to all of the best songs, it doesn't like stack up. Like, I wish I played this and then a rush and a push. I thought this was a good one to end on, actually. I just like, it's not one of my faves, but I do like it. I feel like it's a classic. For doing one Smiths episode, it does need to be, be in there. brought in. My only regret, honestly, I don't think we need to hit go- Girlfriend in a Coma. We didn't. It's a to- very cheap joke about my girlfriend's in a coma. I hope she dies. Girlfriend in a coma. <laughs> Which is funny, but it's like, whatever. We don't, there's not much to unpack. It's just funny. Girlfriend's in a coma. It's serious. <laughs> Girlfriend in a coma. So serious. I know it's serious. Anyway. So, yeah, Morrissey. So, what's your vibe? What's your what's your love? Like, tell me about your what feeling we- of the Smiths now. Because I love the Smiths. Honestly, I've always loved the Smiths, but I, I'm not, I was never, like, an aficionado. I could never tell anybody anything about the Smiths. But now? But now, I just love them more. It's sad that Morrissey sucks so much because it's like, they really are so fucking good. This, it's yeah. so upsetting. Like, yeah. I don't feel like I have this that, like, I don't feel like I have that many, like, problematic faves or whatever. Uh-huh. But I would count Morrissey as, like, he's a problematic fave of mine. Absolutely. Where I'm like, I don't know what you want me to say. Like, there's literally no other Smiths. This is what I'm saying, though, earlier, what I was trying to get at. is like, what's the point of making art like this like i'm like the point is you get to experience the bad parts of yourself and like kind of be i don't think that people are saying he's problematic because of his music though yeah that's true like it's not his music it's his aftermath no i know but i guess what i'm saying is like for me not being a smith's fan my whole life i feel like i can draw a straight line between like these lyrics and then who he became but now you can but in the 70s you can't that's true there were no incels in the 70s or the 80s or whatever, you know? Like, that's, that's a true. new... I guess maybe the question, too, is I guess what I'm wondering is millennials have been... We kind of, like, we were the first wave of, like, cancel culture, quote-unquote, happened when we were coming of age. And now it's kind of, like, a wave that has broken. And I don't think... I read some poll that, like, Gen Z doesn't really like it. They like it even less than baby boomers do. So there's, like, a reaction to cancel culture that only millennials are really upholding. And I'm like... Morrissey's one. There's a bunch of other people that fit this category. But I'm like, uh, I don't know. I mean, he's a piece of shit for being a white nationalist and shit. But I guess what I'm saying is, on a long enough timeline, if you say this shit in the 80s, do you eventually, probabilistically, you become this? No. Is that what people do? Because it's happened so many times. I get, but, okay, I feel like there's, like, two things you're saying. Okay, Gen Z doesn't like cancel culture. That, honestly, it doesn't fucking make a difference to me. I'm not Gen Z. Uh I feel like what makes a difference to me is, like, how can I put my consumer efforts towards people that aren't shitty? Yeah. Right? So if I listen to the Smiths, Morrissey directly makes money off of me. Where is he putting his money? 
to fucking white nationalist groups. Like, that is, that's a challenge. Yeah. That, like, I don't care if you don't care about cancel culture. Like, I don't care about cancel culture for, like, Caroline Calloway. Like, she's not making money from me. If I cancel her, like, it doesn't fucking make a difference. Uh If I'm listening to Morrissey 50% of my day, he is making some money off of me. That money is going to stuff that I don't believe in. That's where I feel like cancel culture does make a difference. If you look at, like, Ben and Jerry's. Where it's useful, you're saying. Right. Okay. Yeah. Like, if you look at Ben and Jerry's in Israel, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Right? Like, it's like, that makes a difference. If they're not going to give ice cream to occupied Palestine because of influence from their fucking stakeholders in the U.S., that makes a difference. You're saying that makes a difference in a positive in way. In a positive way, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that has been recanted by them, but I, I hear your point. Your point ben is and Jerry's. Bad. Yeah, they kind of, like, back, they walked it back. Okay. Well, but I get your point. I get, yeah, point your point is that yeah, yeah. you're, you put your money where you're, you, whatever. For sure. So it's like, there's a difference between just canceling somebody on like a voice merit of being like, Oh, I cancel them and actually like yeah. choosing to put your dollars where that is. And like, I feel like those are kind of like different things. But anyways, I don't really believe in cancel culture either. The only reason I'm like, I'm not taking a stance either way. I'm just curious. It's a hard thing to even be able to talk about ever. I mean, I think it's hard to, I, yeah, I think it's hard. I think especially though, really the point I was making too is like, you already like a guy and then he comes out as being ass in some way, like Morrissey or for me, David Foster Wallace. <laughs> but then it's like, how do I evaluate the fact that I liked him earlier? Am I implicated? Because no. w- were the clues there earlier? Should I have picked up on it? No. You know what I mean? That's that was that's what makes me curious. I don't think so. I think I think that people can make art for the sake of it being art, and maybe they are going to be shit bags, and you might have picked it up on it earlier for some, but some are not. Like I feel like Donna Tartt is probably shit. Like right, right? Yeah. like. But she's a great artist. Great artist. Secret Nobody's History is a goat. That's like top incredible, three book. absolutely incredible book. Like all of her books are actually really good, but like what do like. You know, she hasn't been implicated. Am I just supposed to automatically assume that right. she's implicated because, like, right? Like, no. David Foster Wallace has been accused of being a literal, like, I mean, abuser. he is a bad person. Yeah. yeah. Like, he did a bunch of terrible things. So. Yeah. Not a rehab of any one guy. I'm just curious. Like, this is interesting to me. I don't think react. you should, like, I don't think you should be, like, oh, Don't push it on people anymore now. <laughs> yeah. But, Anyway. Anyway. Unfortunately, I still love the Smiths. I love the Smiths. I'll just have to buy a CD so I don't give like money to them. I also feel like it's like secondhand leather. This is such a wormhole too, but it's like (laughs) if the (laughs) if the only way we can object to things is by not buying or buying, then we've already lost the game too. Like, like it's good. I mean, it's the same thing by it's the same thing we're doing by being vegan, kind of. Right. We're voting with our dollars, but it's like there's I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to win. It is. But you do it anyway. You do the, You try to do the right thing. Yeah. Um. Okay. So I feel like what we usually do is we do like a dad wrap up. Dad image. Do you have like a dad vibe for this? Who does Morrissey remind you of? It's like a dad figure. Dad icon. Who does he remind me of as like a dad icon? Like Jesse from Full House, but like before he met Becky. Yeah. Like way sad. Absolutely. For me, I think this reminds me of like uh, my my dad and his brothers. <laughs> Especially my uncle. I think my uncle Matt, especially, he was really into new wave music in the eighties. Family's really into music. Yeah, they were really into music, and like I think they all lived together, and they were all they all had a very like gender ambiguous like I like to rave to new age music phase. 
cool. And then they just kind of buried it. They changed later. Not to say that's a bad thing or a good thing. It's just like, that's what it reminds me of. It's like, my uncle's probably really vibe to this. I know my dad loves the Smiths. Yeah. So. I mean, who doesn't love the Smiths? It's like the hard part. Yeah. Heaven knows I'm miserable now, you know? It's good shit. I vouch for it, man. I love it. All right. <laughs> follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us Send on us an email. Follow us on, yeah, Dad Bob's on TikTok now. We've got one TikTok. We got one video, and it has nothing to do with that music. It's going to be me singing Heaven Knows I'm Miserable There's going to be a lot of shit about our cats. Anyway, that was a really, that was good. That? That was good shit. Your impression was good. Anyway, okay. Okay. That's it for now. Bye. Bye.